The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. There is a new report out today. A survey, rather, from Euromonitor International. The Irish Republic ranks among the countries most vulnerable to energy shocks, such as shortages, despite leading the globe for energy efficiency, according to this study. Lisa Ryan is Professor in Energy Economics at UCD School of Economics and UCD Energy Institute. Lisa, you're welcome to the show. Uh, So uh, can you try and make sense of some of this for me? We're incredibly energy efficient, but um, we are on unstable ground. Well, hello there. Yes, um, this is an interesting report and it's the first time they've done it. So we can't look at, you know, we can't compare the result that we got this time with what we did, say, five years ago, because it's the first time they've actually carried out the study is the first point. The, I suppose it, it reflects um, a number of things. So they've calculated an index for every country globally, as far as I know, and it's made up of the number that you get, the ranking that you get is based on a few different things. And basically the countries that do best in it, unfortunately it has to be said, are the ones that produce their own fossil fuels. And that's because um, they have a ranking based on, I think 10% goes on having your own fossil fuel reserves, 30% is based on self-sufficiency. In other words, that you can survive without importing any energy. And, uh, and then another point is the energy efficiency of the country. So we do well in energy efficiency, but we don't do well on self-sufficiency. And that's because um, we have always had to import all of our fossil fuels. And unfortunately, we still do use a lot of fossil fuels. So, so and, what, you know, what, what, what is... Fossil fuels are, are important. Well, what, what, what is the measure of energy efficiency? What, what's that a measure of? What are they looking at there? In energy efficiency, it depends on how much energy you use to... I, I mean, I don't actually have... The, uh, it's very difficult to get past the paywall to look at exactly the details behind the numbers. But normally, you calculate it based on how much energy you use to create certain, uh, a certain amount of value in the economy, so okay. your GDP or your G&I. So, and, if especially, and that would be true for Ireland because we don't have very heavy industry. Most of our uh, GDP comes from... Uh, services. It's not like Germany, say, or or China that manufactures huge amounts. Uh, We produce a lot of income, but it's mainly tourism, light industry, commercial services. That's where our GDP comes from. So we would be high in energy efficiency. And it's also something the government has invested a lot in, in terms of improving energy efficiency in homes and in businesses as well, because that's something we can improve ourselves. Okay, so so, so that's the measure of of energy efficiency. I just wanted to try and make sense of that. So so, so I think people will understand that the energy self-sufficiency problem that we don't uh, kind of have our own uh, uh, supplies or we don't have significant supplies of our own fossil fuels. Uh, to what degree then is this kind of a, a, a clarion call for, for energy independence, for further investment in, in, in kind of renewables? Well, I think it is because if you look at Ireland's options, you know, we're not going to ever uh, really start generating fossil fuels. And we don't want to start developing fossil fuels, nor base our economy on fossil fuels. And so I suppose the government strategy of switching more and more to renewables is one that's going to help us with independence. Now, I don't think we need to be completely independent because the idea actually long term is that we'll all be electrified and be connected to this big European grid. Mm. And that does require some kind of back and forth in terms of importing electricity, us exporting. And in fact, in the future, what we'd like to do is generate a huge amount of electricity with offshore wind, where we, in the West Coast, we'll be able to generate a lot more than we actually use, and we'll export a lot of that. So we don't want to be independent or isolated. We are isolated enough in the system, right on the edge of Europe. But what we do want to do is move away from fossil fuels. And one of the criteria they do have is, 
alternative to fossil fuels, but it's only ranked, it's only worth about 10% in their criterion. So it doesn't get, uh, it doesn't get as much of weighting. And so that's the one that uh, I suppose we have to really invest in. And I mean, we have a lot of investment going on in renewable electricity, but we're, we're still, like if you look at home heating, for example, that's still 40% of all home heating is coming from oil at the moment. Mm. That's where we really need to focus on switching away from heating, um, not just electricity, either uh, electrifying heating or switching to biogas or alternatives uh, that don't require all this oil uh, being used in heating because it's really energy intensive and it's all imported uh, and it always will be imported. Uh, so from a national point of view, if kind of utopia is, is the situation whereby we've got kind of 100% of our needs uh, being fuel provided by renewables and when the wind doesn't blow or the sun's not shining, we're connected uh, to this big European grid. So, you know, we take some of their energy, they take some of ours when we've got a surplus. In the meantime, there are those who argue that we need things like LNG, liquefied natural gas facilities. You know, uh, uh, people often talk around fines that they would be developed in that part of the country um, because of, of of the things highlighted in reports like this, that, that we are kind of vulnerable to energy shocks. Um, what's your own view on that? Well, if you were if you were to build LNG, I mean, I understand that point of view. We will need, we do need gas to generate electricity in the short term, particularly because, as you say, when the wind doesn't blow, then you need to we need to put and we are building another gas two gas fired power plants um, as backup for wind because we want to have eighty percent renewable electricity by twenty thirty. The discussion around LNG, though, um, that's not really going to help us in terms of. Uh, energy imports, you're still going to be importing all the gas to be in LNG. You know, you're just converting it from one mechanism to another. It enables us to store it uh, for a little bit. But I have to say, when the point is really to invest as much as we can in moving away from fossil fuels, it doesn't seem to me that a great strategy is to start investing in LNG um, uh, uh, as just a stopgap, which will require a huge amount of capital mm. investment. It will take a few years to get going, and you're still importing it. So it's not really uh, you know, improving our uh, security of supply in terms of our vulnerability to geopolitical uh, shocks. We're still going to have to import that gas. So I think what we need, well, something that's been underinvested in is, say, anaerobic digestion, producing some kind of biogas. But in fact, all of the investment that's happened so far, we are actually importing less than we used to. Like, if you look at 10 years ago, we were importing over 90% of our energies, all of our energy demands. Now we're importing um, 80%, just under 80%. So we've actually improved a little bit. I'm not saying that, you know, this is a great result. Um, we know that this Ireland is highly vulnerable, and that's why trying to get out of fossil fuels would really be the best way to go. In the meantime, we'll have to just look, you know, how can we use mm. gas as efficiently as possible and keep working on our energy demand to bring it down. We haven't really reduced much in the last couple of years, even though electricity prices have been so high and gas prices have been so high. So we need to really work on reducing our usage and switching to renewables. Um, and finally, you, you mentioned kind of the, the reliance still on the oil boilers in, in so many houses in this country. I mean, Are you encouraged that, the government schemes currently in place are enough or sufficient to, to, to kind of weed those out of the system over time? These are kind of the different retrofit grants. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the, the retrofit grants are, are, are very good. Um, the problem is uh, often just trying to roll them out quick enough and also trying to get the skills in place. You know, as you know, the construction sector, the market is very, very tight right now. Um, I think they could be targeted perhaps more. If we look at rural Ireland, most of, Ireland, most of rural Ireland is not connected to the gas network, so they are forced to use oil boilers 
uh, compared to urban areas where a lot of people are on the gas network, which is using a bit less, it's less carbon intensive, less energy intensive. Mm. So I would try and target those homes with oil boilers first. Um, so maybe, you know, targeting those grants at the houses that need the most first. Um, and then uh, I think we just need to get a lot more um, skills and labour involved in the retrofit. Unfortunately, it's competing with, of course, trying to build more houses. So we're in a pretty tight spot there. So that's why we really have to prioritise those that are probably, you know, the, the houses that have oil boilers often are very, you know, maybe older houses. They're detached houses. They use a lot more energy than, say, a smaller house in an urban area using a, a condensed gas boiler. Mm. So really to target those first is probably what we need to do. Lisa Ryan, Professor in Energy Economics at UCD, uh, at UCD School of Economics and the UCD Energy Institute. Uh, Lisa, thank you very much. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.